Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. My name is Ben Wilson, and today we have an awesome episode for you. We're joined by Jenny from A Thousand Hours Outside. She's passionate about sharing her message of spending more time outside with your kids, and it's infectious. We're a huge fan of what she has to say, and we hope you'll enjoy. We also want to thank Teaching Textbooks for all their support of The Smiling Homeschooler. They are one of the best math curriculums around, and we believe they help more homeschoolers smile. So go check them out over at teachingtextbooks.com. Lastly, thank you to Homeschooling Today Magazine for their support, a wonderful source of regular homeschooling encouragement, and you should go subscribe over at homeschoolingtoday.com. But let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Oh yeah, I kind of forget that this is also being uh, Facebook Live. So if you're wondering what all those funny colors are, somehow my camera has been acting up for the last uh, couple of weeks. And so one of these one of these days, we're going to have to fix it. Um, but thanks for joining me uh, and Ben. Uh, it's a nice warm day up here in northern Indiana, and uh, it just feels like being outdoors. And we've got a special guest today, Ginny uh, Ulrich. You're you're rich. I don't know why I keep saying it that way. Je- you might think about changing your name, Jenny. Jenny uh, Urich, um, who everybody knows as the thousand hours outside lady. Um, I, I think it's always funny how they mm-hmm. drop your name. You know, they don't they don't even know who you are. You're just the thousand mm-hmm. hours. Uh, I mean, they'll say to me, the family man, um, but we do have names um, and we're just excited to have Jenny with yeah. us as we talk about outside and she's a little further north than I am. So Jenny, thanks for joining us today. It's true. So where are you? I'm tell us to where be you're here. Thanks tell for having me. At. Yeah, we're not, we're actually not that far from you. And just uh, uh, earlier last month, we were down, I think, right near where you live. I really? missed it. Debbie texted me as yeah, we were leaving. But we're at probably two, two and a half hours from where you're at. We are in southeast Michigan, uh, sort of near Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. And it's where we're born and raised in this area. And it's cold. <laughs> you had a, It was a little bit warmer today, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, and that's nice. Well, we're going to talk about being outside. So we're going to... Maybe this is a good uh, opportunity because it felt a little bit springish today and it felt like being outside. And and really, you've kind of created this this uh, movement about, you know, about being outside with our kids, really not just as homeschooling, but since this is the smiling homeschooler, you know, maybe we could talk about how that involves in homeschooling. And, you know, I guess I need to just to ask you, is it true that you have all your meals outside? No, <laughs> no. Who said that, you, that? That you spend most of the night. I don't even outside. like to go. Todd, listen. I don't even like to go outside. That's the whole thing. But you know, that's why we have a goal. It, it really is related to our homeschooling because um, it actually started because a friend of mine. We did mops at our local church, and a friend of mine. She knew that they were going to homeschool, her, and we knew that we were going to homeschool. But she was a year ahead of me, and so she did all the research. It was great. She did all the legwork because she had a, ki- a kid that was one year older. I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> but she came to Mops one day and said, uh, Charlotte Mason says that kids should be outside for four to six hours a day. Now, I didn't know who Charlotte Mason was. I didn't know Charlotte Mason was from the 1800s. And this friend of mine completely left that detail out. Like, she didn't even tell me. Hold the phone. You know, she should have told me that, okay. right? Then I would have been that like. That's true? Yeah. I've never. I mean, I've heard yeah, her name my entire life, hours. and I did not know that. The 1800s. Is that serious? Yeah, Charlotte Mason. Wow, man. Mm-hmm. She's like a what British education was, reformer. I don't know. I assumed she was just like some recent person that everyone, you know, like Current. just loved their curriculum, you know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I never even thought about well, it. That's true. And I know people named circles. Charlotte. 
That's true. You see a lady, you know, with her hair up in a bun, you know, wearing these. And it could be a modern day homeschooler, actually. Yeah. I guess uh, I've never so... seen a picture either. So that's that's true. So continue Keep going, Jenny. I hate to interrupt. Yeah. So Charlotte Mason, I know I didn't know either, Ben. So here we're sitting talking about getting outside for four to six hours a day. And I just thought that sounded so outlandish because I felt like early childhood was the total mess. And I was failing at it all the time. And all the activities that we did were 45 minutes and they were a total, uh, a total flop. You know, you try and go to the library program and everyone's crying and they're fighting over toys and it's so much work. And then you try and take them to the swim lessons and one kid wants to go in, but it's not their turn. And then you try and do Play-Doh and it takes you 15 minutes to set it up and they only play with it for two. And then it's all over the floor. So early childhood for me was just a, a total nightmare. I was so bad at it. And then this friend says, well, we should go outside for four to six hours. And I thought, well, that's not going to work. All of these other shorter things don't work. How is that going to be any different? And so she wanted to try it. And of course she did. And so I felt obligated (laughs) because, you know, if your friend invites you to do something, but I just thought it was going to crash and burn. And so she said, let's meet at this park from nine in the morning till one in the afternoon and just bring a picnic lunch and a picnic blanket. And I was like, well, what are the kids going to do? This isn't a good idea. But that that's what I thought. I didn't say it, you know, because, like, you want to try and have friends, especially <laughs> in those early stages. So I didn't say anything. <laughs> but we, I was really struggling. But we did it. And I, I tell people it was the best day of my life because it was the first good day I had as a mom. And I've been a mom for three years up until that point. We had three under three. And every single day I felt like I was failing and every single day I was exhausted and every single day I was drowning Mm. and every single day I was depressed and I didn't even want to go to bed because I didn't want to get up in the morning because I know I'm going to be up all night and I'm going to be exhausted. And I just really, really struggled. And then we went outside and what happened was we each had a baby that we were holding on our picnic blankets and then we each had like a toddler and a preschooler. So there was four kids. And they just ran around and they played and they came back and forth and got food and lunch and snacks. And I got to have a conversation with a friend. The babies fell asleep when they were tired. And we all felt refreshed at the end of the day. And it was so life-giving for me that we immediately changed how we were scheduling our time because it allowed me to be present. And it just like mother nature takes the edge off kind of for everyone for everyone, for the little kids, for the babies, for the teenagers, for the parent. And so we we switched our life. Really, it was just for me at the beginning because I was struggling so bad and this one thing came in. It was the solution to all of it. And then um, very quickly, I started to notice that our kids were thriving. You know, they're, they're not getting sick. And in fact, this was in 2011. We have yet to need a doctor's appointment. I've got five kids. So 2011, going to the doctor, kids are getting infections, they're getting all these things, and we haven't needed a doctor's appointment since 2011. So they're healthy, they're sleeping better, they're eating better, their countenances are different, I'm doing better. And so it started there, and I really ended up coming across like research upon research upon research about how play and movement, play and movement, they help the brain function better. They help those neural pathways strengthen. 
And so it makes everything else easier in the long run. And then getting outside helps with the eyesight. It helps with your posture. It helps with your core strength. It helps with your shoulder girdle. So when you sit down to do seat work years down the road, you're ready for it. And it helps kids with their social skills and it helps them physically and it helps them emotionally. And it, if you're interested in the religious aspect, is a God's creation is basically a display of all the spiritual laws and spiritual principles. So it really covers so much, mm. and yet the commitment is low. Like I like to say, you can slow down and yet gain more. And it doesn't matter what kind of nature that you do. It could be on your porch balcony if you're in an apartment. It can be down the road at a park, at the city park. It can be on your farm if you live on a farm. It, it's just all the nature. It doesn't matter. So that's sort of the where it came from. I call it 1,000 Hours Outside. It's a it's an aim to match, um, kind of balance out real life with virtual life. Kids are on screens about a thousand hours a year. And the current research is saying that kids should be outside for about three hours a day. And they're, they're really only outside for four to seven minutes, four to seven minutes, four to seven hours on screens. That's where we're at statistically. So this is sort of about bringing back balance to childhood, but then also enhancing our whole life. It's enhancing my life. That's for sure. Yeah. And I mean, you, well, Oh, well, I want to say, so like your upgrade, were you public schooled or how did you, I mean, cause it was this, this was all yeah. new. I mean the whole, did you play outside much growing it's totally up? New. Was that, you know, I, I did. I did like going outside. Yeah. I mean, my childhood was different. I grew up in the eighties and the nineties. So Ben, like when I was growing up, recess was long and yeah. I, I probably did get four hours of outside time a day. We walked a mile to school. We walked a mile back. So, you know, there was an hour there probably. And then we had three recesses. Yeah. It was like 45 minutes in the morning, 45 minutes at lunch, 45 minutes in the afternoon. My dad played catch with us in the evening when he got home from work. Yeah. Um, you know, we rode bikes in the neighborhood. So I, and there's this woman named Angela Hanscom. She wrote a really profound book. It's called Balanced and Barefoot. Um, and it's about how unrestricted play really helps kids thrive, balanced and barefoot. And she's an occupational, a pediatric occupational therapist. So she's working with kids and helping them with their skills. And she said, she's seeing this huge decline in skills. The kids are really struggling that the occupational therapy services, the wait list is a year long. And so she started to look into it and, and a lot of her things, not everything, but a lot of it stems back to this lack of outdoor play. And so she's one of the ones who advocates for the three hour ish a day time outside, which is unrealistic for most people. That's why we have a year long goal. But the point is, is that she, when she goes to speak at different places and she talks to people that are my age or Todd's age, that a lot of people, when they really mean? think about my it, my age or Todd's age, my like, age or Todd's saying, age, like our like, age, our okay. age. I thought you were our saying age. like, you know, my I'm age, like not Ben's or age. even if you're older, or even if you're no, older just not than Ben's that. age. <laughs> There's three people here, Todd. Okay. So, so not Ben's age, my age okay. or your age, and not Ben's age. So okay. our age that people it was within the structure of society that they were getting outdoor time. There wasn't TV on all the time and there wasn't TV on all day on Saturday. You had to find something else to do. And so what's happened is that the, the societal boundaries have been lost. And so now it's up to the individual families, the individual parents to create this life that includes hands-on moments. And it's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard. And Jenny, um, if I can, if I remember correctly, you know, uh, because as we're talking about even homeschooling, um, that was not your background training, right? Because you, you were a teacher, right? 
I was a teacher. I so taught high school I, math. I assume that, you know, in as you were studying in college, they weren't telling you how many hours to spend outside, right? No. And Not so when all. you get to homeschooling no. and now, you know, maybe this is something you're starting to think about. It kind of goes against everything that everybody's telling us to do, right? Or not everybody, but there's just this big push that if you want smart kids, you want good kids, you want them to have seat work and you want them to study and be yeah. in their books. But, you know, you're talking about something that feels... So it feels frivolous. Freer. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels yeah, frivolous, right. but it is it is absolutely not. In fact, I just talked to this woman, the woman who I've learned the most from about movement as it relates to learning. Because I think so much of us when we think about learning, we think even about homeschool, we think about sitting. And as a homeschool mom, there's a lot of pressure. Which curriculum and are you checking off the boxes? And there's a lot of that. But there's this woman who also uh, was a pediatric occupational therapist. Her name is Dr. Carla Hannaford, and she has these books. One of them is called Smart Moves, Why Learning is Not All in Your Head. But then she has this other one called The Dominance Factor that I recently read. And her whole point is that, this is so fascinating to me, is that we all have these dominances within our bodies. So you're either right brain or left brain, your right hand, left hand, we've heard of those, but then you're also like right eye or left eye dominant, like you have a dominant eye, a dominant ear, a dominant foot. And so what she's done research on is that when you're stressed out or when you're learning something new, when you're stressed out or when you're learning something new, your non-dominant brain side, it shuts down like 75 to 80% shuts down. And then our brains are cross lateral. So like that affects the other side of your body. So basically what happens is kids are, they shut down under stress. Like a lot of them, they can't read. I mean, their eyes are shutting down, their ears, they can't hear. And the way to deal with it is to, well, number one, de-stress. So, you know, we want to make sure that our homeschool environments are not stressful. But the other way to deal with it is to make sure that the cross connections between your brain are stronger and and that happens through play it happens through play it happens through nature time it really is so powerful i have it's been 10 years of research for me and it's thing after thing even like okay here's the thing todd so uh when you go outside in the morning before noon the sunlight goes to your brain and it releases your brain releases serotonin makes you feel good and then at night, that turns into melatonin and helps your kids fall asleep. So as homeschoolers, you know, I think a lot of us get up and it's like work, 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 work. It's like, no, actually, we should be getting out in the morning and starting our day that way. And it's a mood enhancer and it's resetting our bodily rhythms. There is really so much to it. And you think at the same time that, I mean, I mean, what you say just feel I, I would guess every single mom listening would say that feels right i mean whether they know mm. any of the research it, it's like god put it in your right. their hearts not only because but, but when they're doing it they feel better and they they do feel yeah. right but is that and i guess that's why we're really having you on um because you're a thousand hours outside kind of helps us do yeah. that that do, it does feel right, but we need help to, to do. Yes, what we, we do. Know. We do because it seems frivolous because society has no boundaries for us anymore. And because screens are ever prevalent mm -hmm. and 
because there's fear involved. I think when you're homeschooling and you're the one that's on the hook for your kid's education, then sometimes it feels irresponsible to to not do every single extracurricular and to skip some of the check boxes. And it feels like maybe we're not doing the right thing. But I think what I've learned and now I've got teenagers is that this outside time is it's not a thing of the past. It's what we need to set our kids up for a world that's constantly changing. So for example, you know, the people older than us there uh, and you ben, go. older than us <laughs> and Ben, they you know, they would have a career that lasted thirty years and they would retire. Well the current statistics say that, you know, when kids these days graduate from college, and they're not kids by that point, but when they graduate from college, that the average amount of jobs they'll have is four within the first decade, four within the first decade. So we're preparing our kids for a very different type of world. And so, well, how do we have kids that are flexible and adaptable and good at good at building relationships and creative and resilient? I mean, does it happen at a desk? No, mm. you know, that's happening through play and that's happening through experimentation and risk and all of that. And so this is not something that is old fashioned. It's really what kids are going to need for the future. And, and they're starting to say a lot of schools, even the Ivy League ones are saying these kids are coming in and they can't think out of the box. And, you know, even NASA, NASA had this huge thing where they were trying to find the most creative people in their company. And so they came up with this type of test. Who's the most creative people at NASA? Well, they gave it to five-year-olds and it was something like 95% of them were creative geniuses, 95%. But almost all of them had lost it by the time they were 30. So this is the thing that kids come into the world with a whole lot to offer. And we need to give them, we have to, we have to preserve space and time for them in order to pursue the things that make them tick and in order for them to work through being bored and using their creativity and imaginations. Well, it's that whole idea that, you know, a lot of people have that schooling is like schooling being books is school and the outside stuff. So that's just kind right. of like a sidetrack or maybe it's like, well, I guess we can do some play. But like that is as important, if not more mm-hmm. so. And I would say it is more important than all the other part. But that is a massive shift culturally for a lot of people to even like grasp that. But at the same time, which we'll talk about in just a second after it that, is. It's obviously there's a lot of people out there looking for this and, and, and eating it up because obviously you have a huge following and this seems like a breath of fresh air for a lot of people. Uh, but we'll talk about that in one second. Real quick, I want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks uh, for sponsoring The Smiling Homeschooler. They are the math curriculum that the Wilson family has used for over 10 years. Um, We've recommended them to thousands of homeschoolers, and we love their curriculum, and we think you will too. Uh, It's fun, it's engaging, and it just helps uh, learning math to be something that, uh, you know, I I considered it enjoyable. I don't know if every person is, you know, loves it maybe in terms of uh, joy, but I think it takes some of that stress, that conflict, and uh, just really it's an amazing curriculum. So go check out a free trial at teachingtextbooks.com. Com. We also want to thank uh, Homeschooling Today magazine. Okay. Uh, the, the, who started this magazine over 30 years ago. It was founded by uh, homeschooling parents with a vision to encourage and assist homeschooling families. Today, that same vision continues with homeschool graduates 
Alex and uh, Ashley Wiggers, um, who man the the, the magazine. Um, they're homeschool graduates with a passion to see homeschoolers walking in boldness and taking full advantage of the freedom and creativity the choice of homeschooling has to offer. Homeschooling Today magazine is a resource uh, that th they put their hearts and souls into, and they've and they have r writers who walk alongside you, supporting and giving you the chance to hear uh, voices of wisdom and experience. Um, so if you want to be encouraged, uh, check out Homeschooling Today magazine at homeschoolingtoday.com. So Jenny, well, Jenny oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead. Do you, so do you feel like, you know, because a lot of people, this is not what they've been doing. Just like you said, when you first started doing this, it, it was new. <laughs> Uh, and a lot of people, you know, social media and, you know, screens and all that, it's just their life. Do you feel like there's almost a detox period ever, you know, for people starting out and doing this? Is it instant fish to water usually? Uh, you know, what's the... Well, I don't know. My experience, my experience was life changing one day. Yeah. One day changed my whole life. I think, but I think what it was, it, it was this thing that we went outside for a larger period of time than probably I would have done otherwise because normally you you know you sort of bound things in into these smaller time periods and so people find life change I mean immediately yeah. for their kids everyone is happier I had this quote because I actually just talked to this Darla, Dr. Carla Hannaford so she's got her book is smart moves why learning is not all in your head and this was the, the one statistic that changed my whole view she has a statistic in her book and it says um, elderly people who dance regularly have a 76% less chance of developing dementia and Alzheimer's. 76% less chance just by dancing. And the point is, is that complex movement enhance and protect the way that your brain function, complex movement. So playing a musical instrument is similar. It's not quite as high because I think the dancing is full body, but it's really good for your brain. So she says, the notion of moving the body to help you learn better is new and startling to many people. If it seems surprising to you, consider what happens when you perform physical movements. You are not only using your bones and muscles, you are also using the nerve pathways in the brain and between the brain and the rest of your body. The more you stimulate these neural pathways by using them, the more efficiently they work for all activities so this is movement and that's what kids do if you if you take them outside when they're little they're toddling and there's so much variety out there so there's things they're going uphill they're going downhill there's things to climb over and then as they get older and ben i'm sure you're seeing this with a six-year-old now it's like as they get older then they try things that are more difficult they're innately pushing themselves to learn how to ride the bike and then to do tricks on the bike and to do basketball trick shots and i mean our kids are getting older so they've got skateboard and they've got this uh one i don't even know what it's called a rip stick they have all these different things that they try and that is helping their brain function and it's a lifelong benefit do you have any, you know, have you talked to any moms who maybe they have kids who they're, they're coming upon this when their kids aren't really little, maybe they are a little bit older and they're used to playing video games in the afternoon or whatever it is. Do you have any encouragement for them if they feel like, you know, hey, my kids are just complaining. I want them to do this, but they're just pushing back or they're not, they're not, you know, getting on board right away. Is there any encouragement you would say to the mom who might be in a situation where it's not been as, you know, instant change? 
You know, I don't think it's easy. I think that it used to be easier to get kids outside because the neighborhood kids are outside and that's changed. So my father-in-law, he grew up on a street where, you know, within six houses on either side, there was something like 72 kids or some crazy amount of kids. (laughs) So there was always somebody to play with. I know that's different. And now there's nobody outside. And so I think what happens is it's extra work for the parent. So I have to call up friends and we have to make plans. But the cool thing is that actually I really benefit from it too. Mm -hmm. I think our world is really complex and stressful. And so I'm also getting the benefits, the emotional and mental benefits that nature provides. So for older kids, our kids do not want to go outside. I don't want to go outside. I like to read. I like to play the piano. This isn't my natural inclination. I like to be outside once I'm out there. But just to get the kids going, it's a lot. So if I invite friends along, then they're interested. If if I don't invite friends along, then it's a little bit more like pushing and prodding. And also if I bring good snacks. I mean, yeah. so I think kids are fairly simple, but we like to hike. So, and when I say we like to hike, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a it's a good way into it because then you're stuck out there. You so say if you go on a mile hike <laughs> or a two mile hike, then you're stuck. You can't, yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? You gotta finish. So. You know, you try things and you bring friends along and they're getting all those social benefits. A lot of the multi-age play, there's a really good book called Free to Learn by Peter Gray, where he talks a lot about mixed age play and how important that is for kids of all ages. And so a lot of that is happening in our outdoor experiences. And now that our kids are older, we can do some really cool things. We can kayak, they'll jump off cliffs into Lake Superior. So that's been really neat too. Yeah. So it's a progression and you continue to enjoy each other. You continue to have moments of connection in a world that connection is is uncommon. People are really struggling with loneliness. And then for the older kids, for our kids, this is giving them a tool. So they're going to have to have their own tools on how to deal with technology and how to find balance in their life as technology becomes ever more present with AI and the metaverse and all of these things. So this is a tool where we've decided, look, we're going to fill our life with what we want to fill it with first. And then the left the leftover time goes to screens, not the other way around. Yeah. So for the older kids, there's a lot of modeling involved. And I think that's important for them, too. Yeah, something I yeah, think is... Dad, I, I always really appreciate it was when, you know, growing up, we spent a ton of time outside, especially during the summer, but in the winter as well. But <clears throat> we were, you know, we were always into the wooden swords into building forts and cap guns and airsoft. I mean, we did everything. But I always appreciated that mom and dad, or especially dad, was really good about if there was something we were wanting to do and we were needed help with it. And we were like, hey, dad, can you cut us out a sword? Like, you know, he took the time and did that when he could. Uh, you know, cause sometimes if, if you're going to just let your kids, you know, play and they might come up with things that are, you know, uh, <clears throat> might take a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of effort there. So I really appreciated that. And I think it benefited us hugely. And I hope, you know, I mean, I see my kids doing that some already and, uh, that's definitely super exciting and fun to do during the summer specifically winter. I find it a little harder, uh, <laughs> the cold, but, uh, but dad, what were you going to well, say? Well, I've got a couple of questions or maybe two, I'll give you two here and we, we need to wrap things up. I- I've got a question first. Do you have any of the swords that they made in that room that you're in, Todd? Uh, I have a couple sticks that are swords. And if I look hard enough, uh, I see a whip over here. 
Yeah. A spear. All right, he's got yeah. it all. They're still upstairs in the attic in the toy area. The kids yeah, we were got. I find that's, that's real cool. You find them everywhere. I find them in our shed. I find them in our garage, and uh, I can't throw them Good away. Good times. So, but okay, here are my. So here's the mom listening. She's a homeschooler, and she's like, four hours outside. You are kidding me. I can barely, you know, I can barely fit in school as it is. What am I supposed to do? Do, you know, be doing school until midnight every night because we're playing outside? So that's part of my question. Like, so how do you, how do you encourage that mom? And then take us to your website and because you have lots of encouragement to help us do that because your, your idea of a thousand hours outside you know that it feels almost untrackable but you help us kind of stay on track um and you've got so many other resources yeah we totally keep track of it yeah we keep track of it well you know to the mom to the mom who says the mom who says you know i'm already spending four hours a day doing school i think this is the shift this is kind of what ben was talking about this is school this is it and this is helping your kids brain function better for their entire life and the other okay, stuff- Jenny, I'm, I, I'm interrupting you here. So yeah. I'm asking you to state that again. So you really, really believe that. As a former math oh, teacher, 100%. you believe yeah, that being 100%. outside is, is more beneficial school. Is than school. sitting behind. Okay, is school. Yes. Because okay, I, I had want to the moms to hear that. If I had to choose between the two, I would choose jumping on the trampoline i would choose climbing the tree i would choose taking the hike i would choose laying out under the clouds i would choose all of that because this is what our kids are going to need they've got google they've got all these things they've got have you tried that chat gpt that will write papers i mean they they're going to have to be creative they're going to be in jobs that don't even exist yet and so how do we prepare them for those things so there's this book it's so good it's called ready or not and it's about preparing kids to for a changing world. It's by Dr. Madeline Levine. It's a fantastic read. And she says, we're scared. And so we're doubling down on old methods, old outdated methods. This is outdated. Sitting at a desk for four to six hours a day, that is outdated. That is not what our kids need. They need quick, adaptable brains. And they're not getting those at a desk. So we do not spend an exorbitant amount of time on, on seat work. We do some. But... I really want our kids to have good social skills and I want them to have quick brains and I want them to have strong neural pathways and they're getting that through unstructured playtime. And you know, if you're looking at it biblically, it says his yoke is easy and his burden is light that we have creation right there for us that helps our kids to develop. And then they're learning how to learn from mastery. They're learning. So for example, I'll give a small example. Our youngest daughter was trying to learn how to climb over fence it's like sometimes a rite of patches of childhood she tried it when she was four she couldn't get it she tried it when she was five she couldn't get it she's five and a half she gets it she finally gets the other leg up over the top and then she did it like probably 25 times after she figured it out so she has learned how to learn for mastery we don't start any schoolwork with our kids until they're seven none no seat work and they'll come to me and they can write their name. They, I mean, it's just miraculous. So John Holt's got that really good book about how kids learn to read, write, and do math and investigate the world without being taught. That's the subtitle. It's called um, 
gosh, it's one of my favorites. John Holt. He's written a bunch of books. I'm looking it up. Well, while you're doing that, it's, I want to say the part that I think is weird learn, is. It's called learning all the time. Learning all the time. There you go. No, it's just this, the whole like sitting at a desk, oh, I feel like is a modern thing almost in a way. Cause like, if you go way back historically, uh, you know, it wasn't that way. It was, they had to work, they had to be with their family. They were, you know, out in the wilderness or they were, you know, they were surviving and they were, I mean, obviously there was some of that, but not nearly as much. And obviously those people did enormous things invented huge things and were successful and all that. So really this whole, like you sit your kids inside, you send them to a place to spend eight hours, you know, a day studying. That is much sh- shorter time period than it has been in the past. But unfortunately, right. it's just so pervasive. But uh, okay, yeah, well. and it's meant for it's meant for you know. I used to teach in the classroom, so it's meant yeah. a lot of it is meant for classroom management, and it works in those situations for everyone to be all at the same spot and everybody to learn at the same pace and all of those right. types of things. But if you have your kids at home, yeah. and I would say too, Todd, you know, if you are doing a boxed curriculum and you have your things that you want to do, well, take that outside. Take that to the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, take your meals outside. There's a lot of things that take your laundry outside, fold it outside. What's happening out there is more than I think we even realize for the auditory. Okay, here's a, here's one. Here's interesting. So when we're inside and when we're sleeping, our eyes are contracted. So when you're looking at things that are a short distance, your eyes are contracted, the ciliary ring, I think it's called. And it also is contracted when you sleep. The only time that your eye ever relaxes is when you're seeing long distances. When you step outside, that's the only time your eye ever relaxes is when you're outdoors. Well, then what's happening is that kids are having this increased rates of myopia because their eyes are tensed all the time because they're only outside for four to seven minutes a day. So even if you take your schoolwork outside, you take your read aloud outside, you know, you take your meal outside, it's giving your kids a chance for distance looking. This is something that we've never talked about before. Who knows? Distance looking. But that's going to help them with their eyesight. And when they're babies and you're and you're walking and they've got you're in there, they're in the pack and you're walking with every step, their eyes are learning how to track together. And that's going to help them with their reading down the road. And same, if the kids are romping through the woods, their eyes are constantly learning how to work together. And that's going to help them with all their schoolwork down the road. So we have a year-long challenge because a camping trip is going to add a lot of hands-on to your life or a weekend hike or some, some time in the summer where you're you have a whole day where you're playing outside at a lake or at a river or something like that. Um, you know, we don't get outside for three hours every day. We're getting outside about an hour a day now because it's the winter and we'll get more as it gets warmer. So that's sort of why we have that year long goal, but it's making sure that we are keeping balance between the screens and real life. Well, again, you have so many amazing products at uh, your website and at thousand hours outside.com. Um, but you have ways of tracking that thousand hours, very creative. You have lots of, you have books, you have cool thousand hours, a thousand hours outside merch. You got it all. So tell we us, do. Tell us, again, you know, if I'm listening and I'm like, okay, I, I love what you're saying. I just need, I need you to help me do this. Um, right. What would okay, you recommend so we have- as they come to your website? So we have these tracking sheets. They're free. And I'll show you what one of them looks like. This is the one that we're using this year. But We have 16 designs, and they're really cool. So this is the one that we're using this year. 
and they have spaces on them and you can fill out the amount of time that you're getting outside and it really feels good. John Acuff, he's like a big guy about goals and he talks about how we really need to have good data as parents so that you can say, look, oh, I feel like oh, I'm struggling as a mom. I feel like homeschooling is not going very well. But then you can pull out your sheet and be like, well, you know what? I took my kids outside for 65 hours so far this year and, you know, we're doing okay. So we have these tracking sheets. We also have an app. It's called the, when everything is very non-creative. Everything is called 1,000 Hours Outside. So we have the 1,000 Hours Outside app. It's what I use. And it's just got a timer, a start and stop, and you earn badges. And it's just a way to celebrate. It's a way to celebrate something that is hard to do, that is uncommon in this day and age, to to have our lives infused with real life and to be setting the screens aside. So we have those charts on our website. They're free to download. People send them in the staples for six bucks and get them blown up, you know, the size of their wall. And the kids color them in. And so you go outside and you come back in and you color in your time. It's a reminder to get out there. We've got other stuff on there. Like we're doing a book club this year. Um, and we are, uh, what else do we have? We have a kickoff pack that's got all sorts of different hiking prompts and book lists for each month. So there's a lot of things to find on there. We do have a small store. So that's been a neat thing, something that we've been learning alongside of our kids to give them some real life mm. experiences. Um, actually, we just were packing some orders tonight. We just got rain boots in. And so that's, that's been cool. fun. And we've got some cool books. So three out of my four books, Todd, all have the exact same name. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. They're called I 1,000 you're Hours. Brilliant. You're brilliant. <laughs> but I do have a book coming out. I have a book coming out in November uh, with Baker Books, and it's not available yet, but um, I have a book coming out this November and just about a return to play and how important it is to set our kids up for the future mm -hmm. and to have a better present as well. So it's an answer to a lot of modern parenting problems, and I always say – whether you hit a thousand hours outside or not, you win. Mm. What if you get outside for 400 hours? What if you get outside yeah. for 622? What if you get outside for, some people are trying to get outside for 2023 and 2020. I'm like, I don't, I, that's way too much for me. <laughs> but you know, people have a different goal. And I think the point is to be intentional about how we use our time and mm. to know that simple things can still be very beneficial for our kids both today and for the long term that was awesome awesome well jenny we need to let you go because you need to you know get back out there and tuck your kids into their hammocks outside <laughs> hanging from the trees uh there we go. And get ready for bed um but thank you so much i hope lots of the moms listening will uh who don't already know about you will go and uh check out your resources and maybe start maybe tomorrow as they yeah. listen to this, just like you, like you said, that one day okay. was so life-changing for you. Well, thanks for joining us and uh, ha have a great night. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for what you're doing. It's so important. Getting everybody to smile. I always see your things coming through and they're funny and they're impactful. And so really appreciate all you're doing as well. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed Jenny as much as we did. Make sure to visit her website and follow her for more encouragement. Again, thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring Smiling Homeschooler. Go check out a free trial over at teachingtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling.